Heartburn. 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 Created by the University of Hartford Humanities Center Student Fellows. first podcast, I wanted to interview somebody who I could relate to directly. I wanted to interview another young black man who went through the same things that I did, who dealt with the same day-to-day issues and still does that I do, and who looks at the same current events through almost the same lens that I do, with the only real differences being in the upbringings that we had. This time around, however, I wanted a different perspective. Somebody who was older, more established, and even more unique than my old college roommate. I chose my father. His name is Jay Harris, and he's a sports center anchor on ESPN. With the media seemingly being under attack every day, and with sports and politics seemingly being more intertwined than ever, I could think of no better person to talk to. And to break the fourth wall a little bit, I only asked him two questions. I had a whole list of things I wanted to talk about, but with each question he just went on and on, but in the best possible way, I assure you. Most of this is going to be unedited, because I just want you to listen to what he has to say and gain insight because there's some really amazing things in here, and I don't want to gloss over them or make them sound pretty. It's raw and it's real, and I really think it needs to be heard. My father has been at ESPN for 16 years, and my first question to him was simply, how do you think things have changed? You've been there for a long time and you've seen a lot. You've seen different presidents, you've seen different points of view, you've seen so many different events, both in sports and outside of it. I just wanted to know how he thought things have changed. And the answer surprised me a little bit, but I think it might surprise you even more. I think it's pretty much the same, to be totally honest with you. My job hasn't changed. When I started there, uh, I was hired as as an anchor. My job is to do the news of the day, to write stories that are assigned to me, uh, and to to do a show, to, to anchor a show, um, to do game highlights, to do interviews. Um, that, the nuts and bolts, the fundamental stuff has not changed at all. Uh, distribution points have changed. Um, we have um, social media. <clears throat> different social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, you name it. The network, Facebook, uh, the network utilizes those to um, distribute the product. So we're not just relying on uh, television because people consume the product and consume information differently or um, in different, in more ways than when I started. Now you mentioned the, um, the protests, Colin Kaepernick protesting racism and police brutality during the playing of the national anthem. That's not necessarily new either. 
because if you look over the history of sports, there's always been um, a social component. There, you, you can go back to Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in 1947. Um, you can go back to I don't know. I don't know the specific years the other leagues were integrated. Uh, I know the Boston Red Sox were the last baseball team to integrate. I think that was 10 years after Jackie, so it's 57. 1971 or 72, the Pirates had the first all-black lineup in baseball. Um, maybe it wasn't that early. Google that. Check that. Check my facts on that. It may be 78. Um, back 10 years to 1968, um, protested the Mexico City Olympics. John Carlos, um, why can't I remember Tommy's last name? His partner. You'll have to Google that too. Well, I'll, I'll do it now. I don't know why I can't remember his name, but stuff like that has always been a part of sports. The summit meeting that uh, Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were part of. Um, heck, Muhammad Ali's early career um, when he won the heavyweight championship and joined the Nation of Islam. When he said he wasn't going to, to Vietnam, he wasn't. He, he said he wasn't going to the war, and they stripped him of his title. Um, no Viet Cong never done anything to him. No Viet Cong never called him no nigger. Why he got to go over there and fight them? Um, he can't get rights in America when the people want to send him over to fight other people. I mean, it, it, we live in a society where we think this stuff that we're doing now is special. And the stuff that is going on now is special. And it's not. It's just the evolution. It's the next thing. And, and maybe I, I apologize for the long-windedness of my answer. But um, that's just that's just how I see it. It's not new. It's just now. For my second question, I wanted to focus on Colin Kaepernick protesting police brutality during the national anthem. It's one of the most hotly debated topics in recent memory. And it's probably the most significant sports politics crossover in my lifetime. And like I said in my introduction, once he started talking about the topic, he just kept going and going, but in a way that was super eye-opening and something that I think you'll find a lot of insight in. Honestly, I think it's because they've been allowed to. Um, when Colin Kaepernick decided to sit down, there were a lot of things going on in the San Francisco Bay Area locally that he had just had enough with. There were some issues with the police department. Um, the whole, I forget, I think it may have been Walter Scott in South Carolina, um, the gentleman that was shot in the back by the police officer, um, that someone just happened to get on a cell phone. And then the police officer moved the gun to try and make it look like uh, it was Walter Scott, but he had no idea he was being filmed. That that was one of the things that was going on at the time that Colin Kaepernick decided that he he was tired of police brutality and racial injustice, and he was going to use his platform to sit during the anthem to call attention to racial 
injustice and police brutality. So there were many trigger points for him uh, and he was doing it by himself, didn't call any attention to it until Steve Weiss of the NFL Network saw him one day sitting down. I think he'd done it for two, maybe three weeks and asked him what he was doing and he told him and then it blew up. I think it was hijacked because um, people don't want to discuss that issue. It's easier to twist it than to face it. Um, they used anything, um, the socks that Kaepernick had on, um, painted police officers as pigs um, to me they're socks because I have a different perspective um, as a black man in America I have to be a different kind of vigilant because of our history because of America's history because of things that still go on with the police, with society in general, every facet of society. And some people just don't want to accept that, don't want to face that because they say, well, things have changed. It's different. That wasn't me. Um, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. All that nonsense, as opposed to looking at where we came from, really, really looking at it and the effect that it had and continues to have on society. Just because it's like it's like if you play Monopoly, all right, and there's a rule in Monopoly where you can't buy property for 20 rounds. Everyone else is buying property except you. Then it finally comes your turn to buy property. One, most of the properties, the good properties are gonna be taken. So you're not gonna have an opportunity to get in on the good stuff. Two, you're probably not gonna have a lot of money because you haven't been able to um, buy, sell, um, flip your properties, do all the things that most real estate folks do to make money. So you're gonna be at a disadvantage. So that's not only gonna affect you, it's going to affect your kids. I'm, 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 I'm extrapolating the monopoly game to life now. It's going to affect your kids and your kids' kids. It's, it's going to, it's generational wealth. That's how generational wealth starts. So you can't just say, well, here, now you have rights. Go forth, be fruitful, multiply and prosper. That doesn't work that way. You can't tell someone to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. When they don't have any boots, or when they just got boots, that's not fair. That's that's just that's just stupid. Um. So, I think that issue was twisted by folks who just didn't want to face history, don't want to face facts of the stuff that's going on in this country, and how it continues to affect this country, and not just black people. It affects everybody. Uh, I said this for a Black History Month thing uh, that I did for work. Imagine just the way history is taught. Imagine 
if all the people that we're learning about during Black History Month, if there was a concentrated effort to include those people in American history because they're Americans, 12 months out of the year, not just in February. Imagine being required to learn about those people, everybody. So it gives the little black kids more role models, more um, people to aspire to be. It gives little white kids a different picture of people who don't look like them. Um, makes them see that, wow, uh, these people were whatever they were, successful, uh, homeowners, not slaves, blah, 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 and not stereotypical. And it, it, it creates a different lens that you view society and history. So the way we've treated people not only affects black, it affects everybody. But that's too hard to deal with for many people in this country still, which is why we have the issue that Colin Kaepernick brought up again, not a new issue, twisted, um, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Um, I apologize for rambling, but that's basically it. Um, and I think the folks in the media um, did a poor job of constantly keeping the issue framed, um, did a poor job of calling people uh, on, calling people on it when they made blatant misrepresentations or told flat out lies um, about the issue and didn't do due diligence to look into why Colin Kaepernick, specifically why the incidents that led to him doing what he was doing. If you do that, if you constantly present that with, there's no, there's nothing you can, um, there's nothing you can twist. If you lay it out, this is, these incidents created the atmosphere that led him to do what he did. And you say that over and over again, and you make people face these issues and these incidents, what can they say? I mean, they can tr still try and hide, but it's, it'll be more difficult, in my opinion. Another long-winded answer, I apologize. If I wanted a big elaborate conclusion, tying up everything, reaffirming all the points, and wrapping up every loose end, it would be right here. But I don't really feel the need to do that. Because at the end of the day, truth speaks for itself. And truth is all that's been spoken, even if it's not a truth that you were accustomed to or that you may have thought about. I thank you for listening, and I hope you came away from this with something different.